0: Hello and welcome back to the 15th episode of the Highside News Podcast. We're back after a well-deserved week off, but this week's episode looks like it will be jam-packed full of content from the Isle of Man TT to World Superbikes and, if we have time, to discussing the MotoGP and the Italian Grand Prix this weekend. Joining me today to talk to you all about the latest results from the Isle of Man TT and to discuss what's been happening in the World Superbike Paddock is the usual short shift news duo of Dawn and Jack Hammersley. Good morning, Dawn. Welcome back to the So News podcast. How was your week off?
1: Fine, thank you, Luke. Yeah, it seems strange not having a, a week of sort of bike racing, but this weekend sort of going to make up for it, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think the whole week and, uh, and the weekend coming up will definitely make up for it. Hello, Jack. How are you doing, mate? I'm doing good. Uh, the new MotoGP game came out today. Have you had a chance to, to play that and have a, a test and see how that is? Uh-huh. How are you How are you finding it compared to... The last uh, there's
2: one major sort of flaw in the game, in terms of acceleration, where the bike picks up quite violently, but apart from that, it's quite good.
0: There's always bugs on, on release day, so I'm sure that'll get fixed. Might have a go at that later in the year, we'll see. Um, right, let's jump straight into it then and, and tackle the the absolute mammoth task ahead of us of, of talking about the Isle of Man, TT and... Oh, the, there's been seven races so far that we've had from from over there already um we'll go straight into the supersport events it was the first one on the on the on the schedule this year and we've had both of them already and really i don't think there's any other way to start talking about supersport without going straight into mentioning the name michael dunlop and talking about the really the, the dominance that he's shown throughout so far especially in the supersport class jack i'll go straight to you and ask what did you make of of Dunlop in the two Super Sport races, especially because he just looked like he was on another level, really, compared to to, to Hickman and Harrison and the others there.
2: Yeah, it was just kind of incredible what he was doing and to break the lap record into the one thirties. It's just um, I don't know. What, I don't know what's changed from last year to this year, but he uh, wasn't. He wasn't too strong at the northwest, but then he's come here and he's just absolutely flown. So he's just doing really well.
0: Yeah, he, he looked like almost a different person when he turned up, if that makes sense. Because, you know, just the, the determination and drive that you could almost see on his face and through his visor throughout the whole of qualifying week. And that definitely transferred straight into to what we've seen so far in, in, in the races as well. Um, Dawn, after... Seeing Dunlop on the six hundreds and obviously like Jack just mentioned, setting a new lap record and winning both of the races, did you think sort of those were the two races that was guaranteed that Dunlop would win and maybe the only two that he'd he'd win and he might get a couple other podiums, especially after his northwest? Sort of has it shocked you how he's done in the other classes as well?
1: Yes, it has really, because like you say, last year didn't sort of pan out for him. And the fact that in the super sport it's his own bike, it's his own little team, and he just seems so happy. I think he rides better when it's a small outfit and there's not too much palaver around him. So I just think he's in a really, really good place at the moment and it's really showy.
0: Yeah, he um yeah, he seems well, especially in the paddock, um, you think after he set the unofficial record on his superbike in the final day of, of qualifying week just kept his helmet on and walked off, put his visor down, walked through the paddock, ignored everyone, it seemed, and just thought, that's that. I've set a new unofficial record. That's the end of that. But yeah, he just looks, I guess, happy, even though Michael Dunlop really never looks happy. Um, but he looks like he's in a good place. And I mean, like you mentioned, did it in every other class as well, so far as well. He's been there and thereabouts throughout all of them. But can't move on from Supersport without talking about the two other names that I, I think I've briefly mentioned, Peter Hickman on the the Triumph, uh, really the the best Triumph rider there. And Jack, what what did you make of of Hickman on the Triumph? Sort of, did you expect it to be, sort of the lesser bike to the R six? And obviously, like we've seen with Dunlop in the past, winning in Super Sport, did you expect him to be you know best of second place?
2: Yeah, pretty much. I didn't know who'd win really, but uh. He's only nine seconds off Dunlop, so it's not bad, but I feel like there's something just missing with that triumph compared to what it used to be. Whether that's just the rules aren't fully equipped for this 7.65 road level, I don't know, but Peter just done what the best he could do when he's got second. So,
0: hmm. uh, Dawn, I'll ask you about this. Dean Harrison, especially in the first race, came so close to a second place. He's on an R6 in, in the Supersport classes. Do you think... Uh he'd be disappointed not to get a second place and have that snatched from Hickman on the last lap from him, or do you think a third place in both Super Sport races will, will do Harrison and sort of, you know, more podiums to his tally sort of thing?
1: I think really he's bound to be a little bit disappointed because he always seems to he's nearly always on the podium no matter what the class, but he seems to always be in third place. So I do think, yeah, he would have liked to have, have gone for the second, but you know he he's doing so well, but yeah, I think he would like to sort of be in the middle, if not the top step, if possible.
0: They're well, yeah. The three names that we've talked about: Dunlop, Hickman, and Harrison. They are the three names that are gonna that are gonna crop up quite a bit throughout this. They've they've been the dominant force so far. Um, yeah, Dunlop victory in both super sport classes, um, just racking up the wins, especially straight away starting on a strong foot and then moving on from there. Um, I'm trying to look through other Supersport riders who you'd expect to be there Davy Todd's another rider who, who stood out to me especially in The, the Supersport class um, Jack the, the BSB riders who are there Obviously we've mentioned two of them and also Todd would you expect them You know this event the Isle TT Sort of the three of Todd, Harrison, Hickman To stand out the most at the TT Compared to any sort of BSB event That we will have this season now
2: uh, I think for the likes of Todd, yes, and Harrison, because they well, to fair, Dean Harrison is his first top ten at Alton Park, so maybe like if it's and I know he's quite good in the wet as well, so yeah, I think we could we could see some stuff. David Todd doesn't just if it the bike or him just isn't clicking in the super, super bike super spec in BSB at the moment, but we have seen how fast he's in Superstop before and super sport that bike looks really good, so. I think for Todd, yes, unless I think maybe you know, it's a wet race or something or the team him and the team click with whatever the problems are. But I think good results for all of them.
0: Yeah, the definitely the the, the Milenko by Padgett's team have, have been there or thereabouts throughout the whole thing. Um just have a look down to see if there's any other names in the super sport class to mention. James Hillier, obviously coming back off the, the Dakar, he's he's been around the BSB paddock. I don't know. Has Hilly raced in BSB this season? Or I don't think I've. No, no, didn't he? Did he race at Alton Park? No, he did, no, yeah.
2: no. I'll see. But... He, he... yeah, he hasn't done any yeah. races. Yeah. I think he's just done tests. Yeah, he's
0: been around and been at some tests, but yeah, don't think he's been in any races. But um, he had a a good showing in him, race one. I don't think he finished uh, race two of a super sport, unless. I'm blind and can't see his name. But another name I did want to mention, especially for how he's done in, in Super Sport, and we'll talk about him in Super Twin as well, Jamie Coward. Really, I think has been, other than the likes of Dunlop, the standout performer of, of the TT so far. Um, a fourth and a fifth place in the super sport classes. I don't <laughs> to beat Harrison Hickman and Dunlop to a podium, it's not impossible, but if their bikes are running and they don't have a mechanical you're probably not going to beat them around the Isle of Man. Jack, what have you made of, of Jamie Coward especially? Because, yeah, he's been one of the standout riders, definitely, of the, the TT.
2: Yeah, I just didn't expect anything. Like I saw his name when I was playing the TT game. I was like... I didn't... I didn't I, like, if you said Jamie Coward, I have no idea who he was, but he's been a standout and he's just done a great job to get, to get a podium as well. That's against the likes of uh, Hickman. That's pretty good.
0: Yeah, he really has been one of the riders who you have to say has has made a name for himself at this year's year's TT especially. A bit like Davy Todd did um, um last year at the the TT especially. Um we'll move on to the Superbike race. A race that a lot of people beforehand would have said this is Peter Hickman's race. You know, this is the one that he's he's gonna take it back. He's gonna battle Dunlop, especially after uh, taking second in Super Sport. But Michael Dunlop did what a lot of people you know, didn't think he'd ever do again. A lot of people have, had written him off as a big bike rider and he turned up and he won the Superbike TT. Jack, was that a shock to you to see Michael Dunlop win that? Because he won by, what was it in the end, about nine seconds again? Or or did you sort of think that, especially after qualifying week, that Dunlop's going to be there or thereabouts for the win?
2: I just thought it would be hit, uh, the Hickman show, really. <laughs> you know, he'd win and it'd be a fight for second, but yeah, just that Honda, that... Um, that Bill bit, no, not Bill bit, is it? Hawk racing Honda. Uh, him and you know Michael was on the Suzuki last year. It wasn't the most competitive machine. He's gone on the Honda. It's just he's just gel with it, and he's took off, and he nearly broke the lap like, record on a starting, on a standing start. So I'm thinking, come the senior, we might see um, a one thirty six, maybe.
0: That would be impressive. To... On the last, night. it would be impressive to see, definitely. Um, Dawn, do you think Hickman will be? more involved in the senior TT? Because he said after the, the, the Superbike TT race that uh, he had some problems when it came to, to braking and also his quick shifter had, had stopped working. So do you think if those issues are solved by, by Saturday, I think it is the senior TT, then we'll see a bit of a closer battle between Dunlop and Hickman for first position?
1: Definitely, yeah. I think out of the two races, if you said to Peter Hitman, which, you know, you could only win one, he'd want to win the senior TT. So definitely, he'll be making sure that bag's A1 for Saturday for sure.
0: Yeah, obviously, Now we've talked about it. Dunlop at this point, out of the three races we've talked about, three race wins to his name, been a, been a dominant start to, to his TT especially. Dean Harrison again, like we'd mentioned, another third place. Um, James Hillier fourth place on the Yamaha, Jamie Coward again cropping up in fifth, um, John McGuinness there in sixth, Jack, sort of where you'd expect John McGuinness, sort of the, the Isle of Man TT legend that he is, sort of at the age he's at now, sort of sixth place about where you'd expect to see him or do you think he may have cracked a top five?
2: Uh, I think sixth place is sort of where you'd expect, I'll, you know, I not you get a top five because I think obviously he's still good enough too but just... At this stage of career, it's not worth maybe trying to push that too much.
0: Yeah, it's sort of you know he's happy with the amount of wins he's got. He's now the got the the third most wins around the Isle of Man. He has been knocked down from from second to third. Um, Josh Brooks in seventh place in the the super bike event is did he run the super stock bike in the super bike?
2: Yeah, apparently.
0: Yeah. So does, so does he only have? A superstock available to him, or would it have just been?
2: No, he has a superbike. I think he prefers to field the superstock. Or would it have just been in preference for
0: him? Dawn seventh place for Brooks—about where you'd expect on his return to the Isle of Man, or did you think maybe you know a little bit more from Brooks?
1: No, I think that's that's a good position. He, you know, he didn't ride there last year, and you know, against all these names, and I think he'd probably be happy with that as well. And he, he leaped fast and comfortable. Mm
0: that's the main thing another sort of bike i wanted to mention especially in the superbike class is michael rutter's honda rc213bs i've had some videos sent over to me from some friends who are on the isle of man and that thing sounds wicked compared to all the other super it is the road going version of uh honda's MotoGP gp bike i believe that's sort of the correct way to put it um why has that been homologated, Jack? Do you do you know why that was I I think I that...
2: Well I remember it was just something they did a few years ago and he just they went, that's just racist. <laughs> <laughs> that's all that's all I know really. I don't really know much about it. I thought
0: I might have heard it wrong, but I thought they'd said something about enough had been made for it to be classed into the superbike category or something. But I have to say it looks the part and it definitely sounds the part. It's just a shame sort of no, a top 10 good for Michael Rutter, but another rider you'd sort of maybe at the, the stage of his career now, especially that you'd hope you could see up there a bit higher on the on the Superbike, especially. Um, who else is there to talk about in, in Superbike, competency other than the, the, main, the main lot? Um, I'll ask you, Jack, what, why do you think we keep seeing Dunlop, Harrison and Hickman, those three names towards the top? Do you think it's just their experience, their, their talent, sort of the fact that they've, you know, been at some BSB events, sort of getting their eye in already, or what do you think it could be with those those three sort of riders?
2: I think they've been the three riders, I don't think I've seen any of them have any interruptions at all during any of the sessions, like some of the others have, some of had problems and et cetera, and plus they're just the most experienced, no way around, conditions have been perfect and... They can just get everything dialed in, and it doesn't. And given they braced there last year, it doesn't take that long to get back to speed compared to maybe the others.
0: Yeah, I think the only rider out of those three is Hickman who had a problem on his Super Twin, weren't it? And I've seen pictures of him having to go go through ditches and under little bridges <laughs> to get back, which uh, look quite entertaining actually to see Hickman trying to go under a, a little little bridge like he had to with a, the 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 tall frame that he has. Um, we should mention Dominic Herbertson as well, uh, a standout rider, I think, especially in the superbike class. Eighth, pl- uh, eighth place in that. Was it in the superbike event that he set his first one thirty lap yeah. time? Yeah, that was. Yeah. Have you all, you both seen the the video? Of, the video, oh, yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I think Dominic Herbertson probably one of the the nicest characters in. You know, the BSB paddock and the Isle of Man TT paddock, it seems. And to see him uh, get his first 130 uh, lap after sort of everything him and, you know, the, the Rouse family and their sort of friends have been through over the last year was, was a good a good thing to see for for Dom. And, you know, he, he's been around in most other classes as well that you see him racing. He's a name that keeps cropping up in the top 10. So it's good to see, see him up there especially. Um, we'll go super twin. We'll stick on the Michael Dunlop train. We'll uh, we'll keep talking about his wins now. Of course, this is his fourth win of the Isle of Man TT, which now puts him on twenty-five wins around the Isle of Man, one short of his uncle Joey Dunlop's record. It's the question that's probably on everyone's mind at the moment. The question that everyone's asking, Jack. Can Michael Dunlop do it? Can he break Joey's record? Or do you think he'll draw equal to it?
2: I think he'll equal it in the... There's a second between races, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Yeah. So I think he'll equal it in that, and then the senior will just be whether Hickman turns up or not.
0: So you think he'll he'll definitely equal it this year, but it's... As a... yeah, I'm totally equal. I just don't know about that, it's just depending on the senior. Yeah. Do you have the the same mindset, or do you think, you know, that this is the year for Michael Dunlop to 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 break that record.
1: I definitely think he'll equal it. And like Sutter Jack says, uh, Hitman is going to be a hard one to beat if everything's running okay for him and the senior. So definitely um, equal it. But just don't know if he could get that extra one on Saturday.
0: Yeah, that is the big one. The senior TT will, will definitely be... There is another stock, super stock race. But we'll talk about that in a moment and how Dunlop did in that. But I don't think he'll be able to take victory in in that class. So I think it's all down to if if Super Twin Bike is able to cross the line and finish, as long as there's no mechanicals there, and then however Hickman's Superbike is. But I think it'll be fitting that Michael Dunlop could be the man to to beat his uncle's record. I think sort of poetic in a way that the, the younger generation of Dunlop could... Could take that uh, that record, and I think it'd be nice to see, especially. But back to the Super Twins, um, Peter Hickman off the podium. Uh, Jack, was that a surprise to you to see Hickman off the podium, or sort of something you'd expect after how sort of not bad, but sort of the issues he's had with his with his uh his R seven, isn't it, that he's had throughout a qualifying week.
2: it's a bit surprising, but. Yeah, I was just more surprised at the fact that Brooks was only 11 seconds and actually battling him for four throughout the entire race. So I think, um, yeah, it was a bit odd to see, to hear Hickman was not on the podium in contention for it. But if you understand what's happened, maybe the bite isn't fully um, suited at the moment. Know, this might be the first time, I'm not sure it's the first time the R 07 has gone around the circuit, so it might be a bit of an unknown.
0: Yeah, it's definitely you know a, a shock and sort of something you're not used to around the Isle of Man to seeing Hickman's name on there. But but dawn it definitely led to to two other riders, Jamie Coward and Mike Brown, sort of two surprise podiums. And I'd, I'd say they were welcomed, and it seems like people have taken it well to see those sort of different names. What you know, what did you think seeing two different names on the the Isle of Man podium for once compared to the the Dunlop Hickman and Harrison show that we had been seeing?
1: Yeah, it's quite refreshing, really, because a lot of people have sort of been saying the TT Pass is really good, but you only get to see the, you know, the top four or five riders. So there's so many people that enter these races and you don't know how many or what the names are. So to actually see two people we're not really used to standing up on the podium is great, great for the sport.
0: Yeah, it it, it is. It's good for them as well to, you know, attract sponsors and things like that for future events and um, yeah, Jamie Coward, not a rider I'd heard of before before this TT. Mike Brown, I think, cropped up at the Northwest. Uh, a, what was it? A few weeks back, maybe a month back now. So you know, it, it, it's good to see them up there. Yeah, it's the Super Twin, but most likely you're going to see them up towards the front and fighting for a podium again in in the second Super Twin race, which is tomorrow, I believe, tomorrow afternoon. So that'll be good for them again. And yeah, Josh Brooks. Uh, so actually, I hadn't realised that Jack that he was, uh, <coughs> excuse me, that he was up in fifth place. Um, sort of. Jack, did you expect twin the super twin to be his sort of best result? Because he joined that class quite late, didn't he? Mm-hmm. Or do you think maybe there's more to come from the next uh, three races for for Brooks?
2: I think as the I think as the races go on, he'll get faster as long as he gets chance to do running. He didn't even get to do the super race. So, but I think yeah, by the end of the, the weekend, it probably say it's PB lap time, I'd imagine, around the, the course. And hopefully, you can get a podium of some sorts.
0: A podium would be good for Brooks. Um, yeah, you've mentioned the superstock there. We'll move on to that. Again, we're back to the Dunlop uh, Hickman Harrison show, but it is a different order this time. Hickman took his first and only win so far of this year's Isle of Man uh, TT in the superstock uh, race one. Um, Jack sort of the race you'd he, he dominated the, the, the field. There's no other way to put it. Sort of the race you'd expect Hickman to beat Dunlop over because Dunlop said he had a little bit of problems with his bike. But sort of, would you expect Hickman to be stronger on the, the bigger bikes?
2: Yeah, I mean Hickman that BMW stock is one of the best you can get. I mean Honda in Superstock this year has proved to be very strong, but I think the fact that Peter that bike is realistically the same for the past five years or so it's he can just jump on it and it'll feel somewhat the same as his superbike. so there'll be just a, a little bit less power a little bit worse braking, a bit worse handling but ultimately i think it's a very strong package and I and you know how big he is he can just muscle the thing around so i think it's not that surprising that he won by over 20 seconds
0: yeah dawn 20 seconds margin for for hickman sort of Did that surprise you or do you think it wasn't really a a big shock to see Hickman at that?
1: No, I thought that was quite a big gap. That was definitely, yeah, that that did surprise me.
0: Yeah, with with how Dunlop had been doing and and how he had been going in other races, that was a shock. Do you think Dunlop would be able to close that gap tomorrow in the next Superstock? Like I said, he had a few issues that he was talking about. So if he can solve those, do you reckon he'll be more within the fight for a, a victory tomorrow?
1: Yeah, definitely. He, the team and everything, they'll get together and they'll be working on that for sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, we mentioned Dean Harrison, another third place for him. Jack, do you think you it's know, sort of refreshing for Dean to, to get these these podiums at the Isle of Man, where sort of in BSB we mentioned that he's sort of scrapping for points for the last couple of years?
2: Probably. He's probably happy he's getting these podiums, but I imagine he'd be fed up of getting third place every single race, and I'm assuming he'd... <laughs> He just will at least get second place, try and get some silverware. Uh,
0: I'll ask you that then. He has two more races that he's in, because so I don't think he's in the twin class. Can he get a second place in the senior TT or the last superstock race?
2: I just don't think that bike strong enough in either spec, so I don't think it's possible. You know, if all if has a problem, then sure, but I think that's what they're going to have to rely on, to some either big mistake or the bike letting them down to get that second place or first.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. It, it's a shame for Harrison, because he has put in such a good sort of last two weeks around the Isle of Man, but I think third might be the best that he can hope for in, in the coming races especially. Um, we still have three events to go for the Isle of Man. We have the... Let me get them in the, the correct order of what's, of what's coming up. Tomorrow, we have the last super stock race at eleven forty-five. supposed to be uh, with all things going well in the afternoon at 2pm we then have the super twin race so looking ahead to tomorrow jack the super stock super twin who do you think is going to to win both of those events
2: uh stock twin dunlop
0: do you think purely just from what we've seen in the other events
2: yeah, I think Dunlop will, be, will close the gap in the stock race. But I think Hickman will just be too strong and Dunlop will just blast away like he did in the other day. Fair enough.
0: Dawn, what are, what are your thoughts when it comes to the, the stock and twin event? Do you think it'll be sort of the same winners that we've seen already? Hickman in stock and then Dunlop in twin?
1: Yeah, definitely. I just don't think he's got quite enough for the super stock TT over Hickman. But he'll be uh, forced to reckon with for the super twin.
0: Yeah, I think yeah Dunlop... Probably win by a massive margin again in the in the twin control that like he has been and yeah I think Hickman and the stock will be will be the one and I think the main one that's probably the hardest to predict the senior TT Jack who do you think it's gonna be because let's be honest it, if the bikes finish it will be Hickman or Dunlop which one of the two do you reckon it will become the senior TT on Saturday?
2: I'll go with Dunlop.
0: Ooh. Why why? Dunlop over Hickman.
2: I feel like if it comes down to the last lap, which probably will do, and you have to you have to go and set that record-setting lap. I feel like Dunlop will probably just want it more than Hickman potentially. So I think just naturally down to that, I feel like he'll just get over the line.
0: Yeah, they're both quickly. fierce competitors, and like we've said, Dunlop's had that that look about him for the last two weeks. Don, who are you? going for in the senior TT? Hickman or Dunlop?
1: Hickman. I just think he's just going to have that little edge. Yeah, I think he's going to be king of the mountain on Saturday. Do you
0: think it'll come down to maybe the the bike performance again like it did in the superbike TT, maybe if he has issues? Or do you think it purely will, if it's solved, it will just be down to the rider?
1: I think it'll just be down to the rider on Saturday, yeah.
0: That's interesting. You've both gone for for different people. um, yeah. I think purely for the record, I'd like it to be Dunlop more. Um, but if everything's fixed with Hickman's BMW, I, I think it's going to be Hickman who takes it. But I'd like it to be Dunlop to see sort of, I was going to say emotion, but I don't know if Michael Dunlop has emotions from what you see of him. Um, I think, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Hickman, but I'd like it to be Dunlop purely for sort of, what it would mean to him and and his team, especially. Um, I'm mention the sidecars quickly. The Birchall boys have been running away with that, sort of as you'd expect. So far, they've they've well, in both of their events, they've they've won at both of them. Uh, new lap record speeds, uh, 120 mile per hour average laps for in both of their their races. So, sort of, they don't look. Beatable, it was closer in the second race in the sidecars, but I do think that it's sort of... The the, the virtuals are, are dominating and probably will do for as long as they carry on. FHO look closer, but it doesn't like they're going to control it for the rest of their time that they're competing. Um, is there anything else that I've forgotten from the TT before we move on to World Superbikes from the weekend? Anyone else or...? Any other teams that that you guys have noticed that I've forgotten to mention? No,
1: they're nice. Yeah. Like us say should been the three names. Yeah. <laughs>
0: it really, yeah. It it's not it really it's are. not been annoying seeing those three names because you know they're the sort of three you'd expect, but it's sort of a bit of a, a same old, same old now sort of thing when you watch it. You know it's going to be those three up there if they're competing, but. If they're the top competitors, you, you can't blame them, really. They're sort of the ones that are going to be up there. And I guess moving on to World Superbikes, it's the same old, same old The name we're seeing up there as well. With the little Spaniard of Alvaro Bautista. Yeah, another triple for Bautista in Mazzano on the weekend. Jack, can anyone beat him or can Bautista only beat himself at this point?
2: I think we're now entering three tracks. Well no two tracks now. I can't remember what's no. after um Imola. But um I mean, I'd assume it's Moss.
0: I'm just getting the calendar up so I'll check that for you. We have Donington Park, uh Imola and Moss. Yeah, you're correct.
2: Right, okay. So and then because Magdic- Magni after, that right, okay. after
0: that one. Right, right.
2: So these next four tracks. If Bautista's is gonna lose anywhere, it's these four because Donington Park doesn't suit the Ducati. Emily, <clears throat> Bautista's not fine off. Uh from 20, his experience in twenty nineteen. Um, Moss, I don't think now literally I think Bautista will probably run away with that one like, like he did. Like he won he won race one there last year with an injured hand, so I think he can win there as well. And then Magni Core, top rack, um I'll have to just extracts all of his talent and all of his um, um, favouritism from that track to beat him, I reckon.
0: Yeah, it's... um Dawn, a lot of people are getting a bit, sort of, you see on social media, they're getting bored of seeing Bautista win in World Superbikes. He does now lead by 86 points in the Championship. There is still a lot to play for, obviously, this year. But are you getting bored and tired of seeing Bautista win week in week out or do you think it just shows the sort of uh how well Bautista is molded back to Ducati and how perfect of a pairing the Ducati and Bautista is
1: yeah I'm not getting bored with it at all because he's just doing an amazing amazing job and all the riders on on that grid want to be doing the same if they could And um, but I mean what I do like is because yeah obviously he's clearing off the camera coverage now goes a little bit further back, and you've got all these riders battling for like fourth, fifth, sixth, or even tenth, eleventh, twelfth, and they it's real good battling. So we're still getting the you know the good race, and it might you know you're going to finish lower down, but I'm enjoying watching the fighting for those positions.
0: Yeah, I must admit, Mazzano I think race one especially was a little bit boring because they were so spread out throughout the whole field. I think the only battle that was really happening was uh Jonathan Ray and Dominic Agatha, I think it was battling for about fifth place in race 1 um but again it just it just shows the the strength of the field Ducati took a 1 2 there with Michael Michael Ruben Rinaldi showing up to the Mazzano, the one track of the year where he sort of normally gets a race win and didn't um and then Top Rack as well. It was really those three names that, a bit like the TT, that were cropping up in every race. It was Bautista, Top Rack, Rinaldi, or Ronaldi Top Rack, depending on the order. Um, yeah, Jack, Donington Park next for them. Bautista crashed there last year on the Saturday. Uh, Top Rack did the treble. Do you think the, you know the, the Donington Park is really Top Rack's chance now, where he has to sort of, sort of. Bring it back to him and hope Bautista makes a mistake like he did last year, or do you think it's a bit far gone now?
2: I mean, you never say never because you know you never know what can happen. But this is top rack's best chance to, to win. The track's been resurfaced, so there'll be a lot of grip. Also, that does mean there'll be a lot of tyre wear as we saw in the in BSB, and that really lends itself to Alvaro, unfortunately, especially if it's going to be very hot because that's whether the cat is even better. But I feel like Toprack and the Yamaha and Donington Park is a very good combination. So I think Toprack... I think the super, super Pole race, I think that'll be Toprack's to lose. Maybe Jonathan Ray as well. He can be there. He could be the third, you know, Bautista could be on for third place. Just a long race. I think it'll all come down to tyre wear probably between uh, Toprack and Bautista. Unless it rains, of course. And if it rains, then uh, you can well, Bautista can still win in the rain, as he's proved this year. It could be Jonathan Ray, Alex Lowe's, anyone really.
0: Yeah, Alex and Jonathan did well there last year as well, if I remember right. Um Mazano as well, going back to that, and you've just mentioned Alex and Jonathan, was the first weekend this year where a Kawasaki has not been on the podium in any of the races. Dawn, what would you make hearing that or seeing that? I don't know if you would noticed that as well, but does it just sort of show the situation that Kawasaki, Honda and BMW are in at the moment where it is Yamaha and Ducati that are the, the main runners in World Superbikes
1: Yeah and if you probably more with Jonathan Ray this past weekend he was riding the wheels off that Kawasaki and he, he just couldn't shake off um, Agatha um, Bassani you know and you had a little battle with him and it just not going their way at
0: all I think the biggest thing in World Superbikes at the moment Other than the on-track action Is the silly season that we've got going on over there At the moment Because everyone's being linked with everyone At the moment It is it is crazy to see that other Ducati ride is still available We've talked about that before um, Bassani's still putting his name in there Ronaldi's determined to be there Boulogas tested Ducati, the Ducati again Since we last spoke um, So I'm going to ask you both about that actually Dawn um, I think you said Boulaga before would be on that bike come next year. Yeah. Do you still stick in that Boulaga's going to be the one on that bike or do you think Bassani might sneak onto it?
1: Yeah, I, I just get a feeling that Bassani, I just don't think he's going to get that right. I'd like to see Rinaldi keep it, to be honest, because the, the pressure he must have been under this weekend must have been phenomenal. and it, you know. But yeah, I, I just think Belega He's my tip for that
0: seat. Jack, are you the same? Do you think Boulanger's the man for that that factory Ducati ride?
2: He's the one you choose at the moment. based on form, but Basani's doing a very solid job. He's gained got his first podium, capitalising from the big mistake from Rinaldi. And yeah, Michael, he's 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 sort of in a downward spiral where he's it's when things should be he should be getting really good results. Something happens where. See if he just makes a very stupid error or something and like you know, he could have easily won in Indonesia but or simply got second in Indonesia, but he missed his breaking point and got fourth. So I think it's just these mistakes that the cast are gonna be looking at and trying to figure out who is the best suit for next year. But the problem with the is is that he is tall and that's something they don't want. So that's the thing that's going against him. So they might want to put him in, say, go eleven or motorcourser and then they could move Bassani up to Aruba, then I don't know where Rinaldi can put Rinaldi back and go eleven, and then Philip Purcell's then out the seat, and you don't know where he can go. Mm. But I'm sure they'll think of something because you know they've got quite a few satellite teams that all seem to be quite competitive when they're all working. So I'm sure they'll come up with some forward plans to try and protect all the riders that are trying to fight for this. Another
0: season. rider who is throwing himself in the mix for a a World Superbike ride next year is Andre Yanone i don't know if you both spotted him at the track there he got interviewed yeah. by world superbike as well and he has said that he would like to ride in world superbike next year his ban ends on i believe it's december 17th or something of this year so come the start of next season he can race again jack do you think we could see Yanone know world superbike or do you think it's a risk that some manufacturers won't want to take
2: I think someone, somebody will give a punt on him because he is talented. He is very fast. He's a MotoGP race winner. He hasn't raced in four years, but I have seen he has been doing track days and stuff, trying to stay sharp. So I think he's got to be the right team, the right bike to try and keep him focused because ultimately I think he's talented enough to win the championship. I think you've just got to make sure you keep him grounded and focused and, and then you can easily find him as a champion I, I think but I'll have to wait and see I'd, I, if Aprilia is in World Superbike I'd say Aprilia easily but they're not unless they decide to enter randomly but if, I, I feel like one team will give, give a punt on him if they can afford him
0: oh yeah that's the big thing with Yanone. his image and his money I imagine is probably or what he believes he's worth is probably astronomical compared to the World Superbike levels that, that they're being paid there um Dawn, as well, speaking of um, he still has good ties with Aprilia, like Jack mentioned. Do you think their MotoGP squad will be silly not to give Ynone a run on the GP bike again and see if he'd make a good test rider? Or do you think his time in MotoGP is done now?
1: Yeah, I think his time in MotoGP is done, and I think he knows that as well. And that's why, you know, it might be interesting if we see a glimpse of him this weekend in Italy, perhaps in the paddock, and then well, I suppose we'll be second-guessing again if he is there, but I think he's looking for a, a World Superbike ride.
0: Yeah, I think, like Jack said, he'll most likely be on a, a motorcourse or bike or something come next year. If he does go Ducati yeah. route, uh, he could try and go anywhere. And then, you know now He doesn't really have ties to anyone other than Aprilia, and obviously, like Jack said, they're not in World Superbikes anymore, but we'll see. He's one to keep an eye on, and he will definitely bring the fireworks to World Cup bike next year, where he is the maniac, of course. Um, there was another rider who's wished that I was going to talk about. Scott Redding, that was the one. He's sort of thrown his name about a bit. We spoke about him a little bit with the Top Rack thing. He spoke this weekend saying that he was shocked that Top Rack is going to BMW, um, and he doesn't think Top Rack will be able to do much. Jack, do you think that Scott pride that's been hurt a little bit by BMW bringing in the almost the better rider than Scott Redding? Or do you think Scott's been on that bike for the last nearly two years now and knows that it probably won't win a championship, even with top rack on it?
2: Uh, it's, It's fair to say he's been the most pessimistic out of all of them. But it's not like he's saying he'll do terrible. It's just he's saying he simply doesn't know because Obviously, the his top riding style is completely unique to everybody else. But you know, off said he, his transition from Yamaha to MW was strong, so in theory, it should go the same. But you obviously nobody knows until Top act does throw a leg over it whenever he's allowed to. But uh, I think Scott will be a bit hurt by it. But you know, he's got till July fifteenth, I think, to make the decision. So he's got plenty of time, and. Uh, but given how race two ended and losing to, having those problems, losing to Tom Sykes as well, and being slower than Tom, despite Tom crashing in the Super pole race, I think, it's not looking good and I think Scott will want to be, probably want to leave, but it just depends if he can get go anywhere else.
0: Yeah, do you think Patty Yamaha would take a stab at uh, Scott to partner, Andrea Locatelli, or do you think sort of the way that his relationships ended with Ducati and the way it's ending now with BMW, whether Yamaha would want to take that risk with Scott or, or not.
2: I don't know, because of the British base being Crescent, yeah. so now there is something there, but I simply
0: just don't yeah, know. It, <laughs> I think that is probably the best way to put it, with World Superbikes. Anyone could go anywhere. Sam Lowes has been talked about that he's off to World Superbikes as well with the Mark VDS squad. That's one that I have been keeping an eye on and seeing what's being said about that would be interesting to see the Lowe's twins on a a grid together Dawn do you think that would throw up a little mini championship between the two of them if they were on the grid together next year
1: yeah that'd be really exciting and I think they they'd both thrive on that as well being you know they've got a really good you know relationship being twins and everything but I think that'd be really good and I think Sam could do well especially if he come over with the team he's with now so you know home for home sort of thing. I'd like to see that.
0: I think the talk had been... it was They were talking to Ducati and Yamaha for the manufacturers that they could run. Um, really, either, I think, would, would suit Sam. I think Yamaha, maybe more, would potentially suit Sam's style. But Ducati are obviously the dominant force, so of course you're going to speak to them for a bike. Um, <laughs> we'll talk about MotoGP this weekend, where we've talked about Sam. And we'll do some predictions for... Mugello which I think is going to be a, a difficult one to talk to predict Bastianini's back is probably one of the big talking points he's going to give it another go this weekend um he'd been at Mugello on a Panagali testing uh obviously hasn't been on the the GP bike since Herref was it where he tried to make a comeback and had to pull out on the Saturday morning so that'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on um I have to say, Mugello might be my favourite Grand Prix of the year, just because of the track and just sort of in the past, how it's been with, with the atmosphere with Rossi and all that, but doesn't look like it's going to have many fans there again. It looks like they may have kept Rossi ticket prices without Rossi being there again. Um, Jack, what are you expecting from, from Mugello this year, from all classes, sort of? the usual antics that we see there or maybe breakaways like we've we've started seeing in some classes?
2: I think it'll be a massive breakaway. But the only reason I think that is because it is scheduled to rain during the the big races. Ooh. So we could be having our first wet sprint. It's meant to be raining all Saturday and raining in the afternoon of Sunday. So we could be seeing um, some wet races. But Moto3, that'll be a free-for-all like normal, I reckon Moto2. That'll be a, a battle of the... Probably Obelino, Acosta, etc. And then GP will be whoever can master the wet conditions.
0: We've just mentioned them. Uh, Sam Lowe's. Dawn crashed in Le Mans, finished 15th in the end. Uh, Sam Lowe's has said that he's lining up a podium at Magello. He's never really gone well at Mijello, though. Do you think we could see Sam do what he did at Jaref? Or do you think the chances are quite slim?
1: Yeah, I, I'm not expecting a race win from him. He could get on the podium, but I don't think he's got a race win. No, I, I'd go with Arbolino, his teammate, for this one.
0: Yeah, I was looking only yesterday at, at, after Sam said that he likes Mugello. The last two races there, he's crashed out of. So that doesn't bode well. And one of those races was, I don't know if that was 2021, sorry. Yeah, 2020 was the year he fought for the championship, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah.
2: He was assisted by Arbolino last year. Pardon? In the crash, he was assisted.
0: Yes, that is true. And then in 2021,
2: he was with Remy and Raul in the fight for first, and he slipped off at Arabiata one.
0: That is, that so is true.
2: He's been quite. He's in a competitive position when he when he has gone down. So. That's
0: something. Yeah, that is. But then he was at Le Mans as well, and he he went down there. So, mm. that's the thing with Sam. If he can stay on the bike, he'll finish in a good position. But he doesn't normally stay on the bike. Um, Jake Dixon as well, another Brit in the Moto Two class. We might as well speak about him. Um, he was saying he's ready for an intense month that they have ahead with the next with where well, triple header we have now three, three MotoGP events and three weekends coming up. Jack, what do you expect from Jake? Well, really, in the next three races—they're not really ones he's. Uh, I think he did a right at Assam last year, but not really rounds yeah. he's known to be fast at.
2: Majello I have not. magella he could he could be fifth, he could be tenth, he could be out of the points, he could fall off. I think is an open one for Jake. Arsen I'd expect him to be fighting for the podium. If he's not fighting for the podium, I think he'd consider that a poor result given he, the amount of it's probably the most experienced track, apart from Silverstone, maybe. And then um Saxon Ring, that again, that'll just be a open one whether the bike Flows are not
0: for him. Yeah, because he was eleventh at the Saxon Ring last year. I think when I looked yesterday at how he'd done. So yeah, it's a bit open for him. Uh, Dawn Rory Skinner, sort of the same sort of things we have seen. Sort of just trying to stay on the bike, finish the races, maybe pick up some some points if it's a crash fest. Sort of the same as usual for Rory.
1: Yeah, just keep learning and keep pushing and just don't crash and just get a, a point or two if you can but yeah just another learning round for
2: Rory
0: Jack did you say um, it's wet on Saturday sorry rather than Sunday at Michello?
2: it's wet on all Saturday then it rains during the afternoon on Sunday so
0: not for the moto free race
2: No, it's drafting a motor three race and maybe drafting a motor two race. Because I was
0: thinking if it's wet for motor three, could we see Scott Ogden up the order again, like we did in Argentina? But
2: you could have a strong qualifying done about the race.
0: Yeah, it all depends on Scott if the pressure gets to him again, like it has done at some events so far this year. Um,
2: But Miguel, always do say in slipstream and you should be
0: fine.
1: If he can get a good qualifying, a good place on the grid to get away with
0: that front pack, I think that'll help him as well. Yeah. I I like Scott as a rider. It's just, I don't know, there's been a few too many crashes this year, really, from Scott, but still the old learning curve that he's still part of and still making his way through the, through the championship and hopefully towards the end of the year, especially at Silverstone, he'll, uh, he'll do, he'll do well. Um, MotoGP then. We we might as well go for some predictions to, uh, to round this out. Um, well, yeah, actually, we'll start with, with Moto 3. We'll start with a difficult class, we'll get that one out of the way, and I'm immediately going to look at the Moto 3 results from last year. Um, gone jack. Who do you think? Moto 3? I know there's probably about seven names that we could go for. Who do you think at Mugello will be the Moto 3 race winner? <laughs>
2: Uh, <laughs> I, I think it's going to be, it'll be, uh, <laughs> I'll go Munoz, just because I think it'd be, mm-hmm. he'll be the most aggressive at the end and steal it.
0: You're not going on to you this time? Or...
2: I think he's too big. He'll get slipstreamed down the straight.
0: Okay, fair enough. Dawn, who do you think at um, Moto3 for the Italian Grand Prix? I'll go with Sasaki. Yeah, so it's a it's a good shout. Sorry, I'm just getting up the uh, the predictions to to write in the names we've gone for. Dawn, you're going with Sasaki. Um, I'm going to stick with my usual and go with Mousir again. I'm going to back him again, and hopefully you know, he'll turn up and do do something this weekend and 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 win. Check you? money off, didn't you? Uh, Moto two. Um, yeah, it could be between two. But Jack, who are you going for 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 the Moto Two class? Acosta. Yeah, I sort of expected that would be the name that you'd go for.
2: If it's dry, if it's wet, though, I'd go with Tony. Do
0: you know what? That's the exact same prediction you had for Lamont as well. So the, the same conditions as well. <laughs> so I don't need to change that. Um, Dawn, who are you going for for the the Moto Two class?
1: Me, who sorry? <laughs> Tony Arbolino. It's the
0: exact same as well as, as last time, so I can keep that. Um, <sighs> do I back Sam? I did that last time and he crashed. <laughs> so, I don't know if I want to back Sam, but part of me wants to. To go different from, and keep it the same as I had last time as well. Um, I'm going to go completely different and I'm going to go Aaron Cannon. I'm gonna throw his name out there instead. No reason why he crashed there last year, but that's just my, <laughs> I'm going for instead. Um, the MotoGP sprint race. Jack, you, you think it's going to be wet for that one? So who do you think for the when it comes to the sprint?
2: Um, assuming it's wet, I'll go with Mark Marquez. Okay. If it's dry, I'll go
0: with Paco. Um, Marquez dry Paco. Okay. So why have you gone with with Marquez in the wet?
2: I think he he's good with rider, and I reckon he'd be the one to take the most risk, and there's less laps for him to fall.
0: <laughs> that, that is true.
2: So he, he can he can get away with more. You won't have fatigue if there is any fatigue and stuff like that. And I think he could just um, just about maybe hold off the likes of Bez and Luca and. Pecco anywhere else? It will be fast
0: in the wet on that day. Yeah, fair enough. I'm I'm guessing Pecco is purely just because, uh, how he's done at Magello before in the past and how he's been riding this yeah. year.
2: Peco. He may have a, he might have another crap Friday, but i will do a. I'm sure he'll fix it for Saturday. Yeah,
0: probably. No, Pecco. Dawn, who are you going with for the the sprint race? Uh, Is that if it's wet or just both of the conditions? Based okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. I'm going to go with Bezecchi as well, in the wet. Um, and then in the dry, I'm going to go with Binder. It's a name that normally crops up in the sprint races, and it's, it's, it's different as well. Might as well throw him in there, into the mix. Jack, the main MotoGP race could be wet, could be dry. Who are you going for?
2: If it's dry, if it's dry, I I, want, I do want to go for just like an outsider, like Marini, just because mm-hmm. it is, is his favorite trap But I think I want to just go safe and go with Pecco. It's
0: dry again with with Pecco, in the wet oh, conditions. If
2: it's wet, if it's wet, I'll go with Bez. Yeah,
0: it's fair show. It's probably what a lot of people will go for this weekend. Uh, Dawn, who are your thoughts for if it will be dry?
1: Um, Pecco,
0: and wet. I'd have to go with Vizeki as well. I think, yeah, that's probably the, the, the the normal pick this weekend. If you look at it, if it's dry, I think it's going to be Peko. And if it's wet, yeah, I think it's going to be Bez. It's, it's the same as you guys, I know, but it looks most likely that it's going to go that way. Um, especially in the wet this year, has proved that he's a strong runner. Um, and you can never really rule out Peko, even with the crashes that he tends to have. Yeah. Uh, one thing we should talk about with Bezecchi, especially, um, I've been reading some things that he wants a factory Ducati next season, and there's talks that he might be put into the Pramax squad. Jack, what, what do you think? Do you think Bezecchi should stick where he is, or do you think he should try and make a push for the, the Pramax squad?
2: Uh. I think the more ideal situation was if he could just get um, a GP24 and stay in VR46. I mean, that would be the most yeah. ideal thing for him, because mm-hmm. nothing, would, nothing would change if change had the you know, mm-hmm. battery-spec bike. But apart from that, I don't think if, if next year, if he had the 23, it wouldn't be a problem, because you know, it would be the same as you know, the this year, near last year. The year-old Ducati is not slow at all. It may, probably at the end of the season, it might just lack a little bit of something. But it's still a very strong package, so I think for Bears, it'd probably be better if he just stayed inside the VL46 the squad, unless um, Rossi wants uh, Vietti, for example, to move or something like that, he wants to try and give Frankie a, a shot, and if Bears can move to somewhere like Cramac, then they're, you know, they're a trusted, good squad to yeah. go with, so
0: good work. Yeah, he's also said he, he wants to be in factory Ducati, not next year, just within the next few years, he'd like to be in his name within a shout to be there when the next sort of contract uh, season rolls around. Dawn, do you think if VR46 can get a 2024 Chiquetti for next year for Bez that he should just stay put? Or do you think Pramax the natural progression for him now in his quest for the factory team?
1: I'd say stay put with the VR46 team, yeah. Although in like in a couple of seasons, what a dream team Pekka and Bears would make. I think you know them two together would be like, yeah, it'd be the ultimate. But yeah, for now or the next couple of seasons, stay where he is.
0: Yeah, because I had also read that um I can't remember who it was with where they'd asked um I think it was Paolo Cibatti, whether they would get rid of Bastianini at the end of the season from the factory team with how he's done. And obviously, he said that's not going to happen because they were asking if Bezzecchi could make a step up for next season into the factory team. Um, seems like Ciccati are going to be happy and want to keep everyone where they are. Same with Aprilia. So it doesn't look like the MotoGP silly season's going to really kick into effect like World Superbikes has. But Franco Morbidelli is still the name that's been thrown around World Superbikes as well. He says he's going to stay in MotoGP. Dawn. Franco Morbidelli, do you think he'll end up staying in that factory Yamaha team or do you think we'll see him somewhere else next season?
1: You'd more than likely think somewhere else. And I got quite excited when I saw him at World Superbikes. I'd like to see him there on the racks ride for next year. I think it'd do him the world good and I think he'd be good. So I, I am still holding out that he might perhaps be there. I think it's going to be hard for him to to hold on to that ride after the end of this season.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah. But then uh, the thing you also sort of think, who could Yamaha attract to their, their ride as well mm. with a bike? Who, if you were a young Moto2 rider, would you take the risk or would you hope that they'd improve it? Jack, where do you think Morbidelli is going to end up? Staying with Yamaha, still a MotoGP or over in World Superbikes. I
2: think the safest thing. I think the safest thing for all parties, if if, if you sign Frankie to a one year contract, it means everybody like because I know Mart Martin is, I think it's Martin Zarka and Frankie. I'm not sure about Zarka, but Frankie. I think those two are definitely on one year contracts, so or those and maybe Augusto. They're the only ones that can move. Augusto ain't gonna go to those seats, so there's a fight between Martin and Frankie, and I can't see Mar- Martin. I think it'd be a stupid thing to go to Yamaha just for the fake take of a factory ride. So, I think if you just if both sign a one year contract, everybody's level for twenty twenty five. They can get then you can have all and a complete bidding war with everyone trying to get rides.
0: I think there are actually quite a lot of the satellite boys on one-year contracts at the moment, Um, but with options to extend for two, so I don't think there'll be much shuffling about. Morbidelli himself, sorry to burst your bubble here, Don, but he said he doesn't want to end up in World Superbikes. He was asked, I think, on the grid by James Toesland, and also he's done an interview of MotoGP.com where he said he sees himself in MotoGP next year, so... Whether he's got something sorted and it just hasn't been announced yet, whether I don't know, say he is moving to the VR forty six squad and Bazeki's going to Primac or whether he is staying with Yamaha for that extra one year, like Jack said, it it could go anywhere with him. But I think he is sort of he holds the key a bit like Toprak did in World Superbikes for if things are gonna move about and or if I'm gonna see pretty much the same same lineup for next year. I will mention as well. The Marquez rumours that I have seen, I don't really think much of them, but I'd sort of seen talk of him ending up with KTM in the next year or two. Jack, do you see that move happening if Honda don't improve?
2: I think he'll leave. I just don't know what he'll do because the KTM rumours have been happening since KTM yeah. joined the scene, so I think it's not surprising, but I, I can't see him getting rid of Binder. Yep. And with Miller if he continues the way he's going, he just needs to improve his bit his consistency a little bit. I think that'll naturally come with time. So I, I can't think who they'd replace out the two. Probably Miller, if you had to pick one, because he's a bit... I think he's older than Binder. But I Miller mean, actually chucked him in the Gas Gas team. I can't see where, where he can go. This is the problem. Mm-hmm. Everyone's got their riders who they want to keep, and I don't think... It's like, you would have Mark Markers, but the riders they've got they're very happy with. So, and I think Mark would only want a factory ride. Yeah. Given who we is, So, and that's a, pro- and that's a problem because all the factory teams are happy. So, you never know. We, we might see, well, I definitely know he won't be on a Yamaha because Yamaha don't want him. I know that for a fact. So.
0: Ducati have, Ducati have also said they don't want him in the factory team. And you know full well, he's not going to end up in the VR46 team. So then, yeah, <laughs> That only leaves Grossini to partner his brother. And I don't see him taking a step back to Grossini, because that, what's he on at the moment? It's reported, what, 25 million a year or something he's on or 20 million a year that he's on. That'll get cut if you join Grossini. So I think he'd rather stay at, at Repsol Honda and carry on getting paid however much money he's getting paid a year to sort of crash, really, with the bike that he's got or maybe get some top five finishes. Um, he,
2: could, he could go Aprilia if Elish retires.
0: Yes, I had forgotten that, yeah. They're keeping... Aprilia have said that they think he's going to be there next year. And obviously, what was it, Elish said end of 24? He thinks will be his... Yeah, to... Yeah, could you see Mark on...
2: Yeah, Mark.
0: Could you see him on Aprilia?
2: Yeah, I think he'll go. If he's if it's a factory spot, yeah, he'll go for it. Whether it, he'd suit the bike, who knows? And if the... I think
0: he'd make it work. Yeah, I think Mark could make a lot of bikes work, other than the Yamaha. I don't, I don't think that would that would suit him at all. they I then mean, it won him, obviously. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of things going on in a lot of places. We still have the TT to finish off as well. Um, we still have you know, MotoGP this weekend. So I think this weekend's going to be a bit busy on all fronts. Um, BSB's back in uh, just over a week's time from at Knock Hill. So we have that to look forward to. Uh, World Superbike. I believe they're on uh, a bit of a break now before Donington. I think that's the first weekend of July that they have. That are you two going to World Superbikes this year at Donington? We're hoping
2: to.
1: Yeah, but we're just going to do one day. I think.
0: Yeah, I I'd like to have been there, but I I can't make it for that. So you know, we'll we'll see how things go, and if you two end up at, at Donington Park, and hopefully it'll be good good weather like it was last year there. But I think yeah. We've covered everything for this week. I can't think of anything else that we've missed in terms of any news or anything else that's come out in the, the last week. No doubt there'll be there'll be something that comes out tomorrow now or something from from MotoGP or World Two Bikes or something. But anyway, yeah. Looking ahead, we have uh race two for the Superstock TT and the Super Twin TT race two uh tomorrow at the Isle of Man. We also have the Senior TT Race on Saturday, uh, and we also have the Italian Grand Prix taking place all weekend from Mugello. We'll be back next week to discuss these events with you and to potentially talk about Michael Dunlop becoming the greatest ever rider around the Isle of Man. In the meantime, make sure to follow the Highside News account on Facebook and Instagram on at Highside News, and also to make sure to follow the Shortshift News account on all of social media and make sure to follow all of us on social media all the links are in the description down below thank you to everyone for listening goodbye and see you next week